Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to the COB. It is the 10th of December. I'm Nadine Blaney. It's great to be here with you. I'm here with Scuddy, David Scutt. How are you today, sir? Just 14 sleeps to go. I'm really excited. <laughs> How are you? I am pretty good. Look, good things don't last forever, do they? So we saw a bit of a pullback in the local market today in the wake of a negative session on Wall Street. Look, should we make much of it? I don't think so. It uh, just reminded me of like, you know, some marathon runner who can see the line and just just, <laughs> just basically dropped the, uh, the just, there was so much energy expended uh, no, over the rally we've seen the past uh, month and a half or so. I just think that uh, it's just run out of buys and I think people have become a little bit complacent and uh, maybe Snow Wise are going to take a bit of money off the table. Yeah, don't disagree. Uh, and we saw, you know, energy prices pull back. So that explains move that we saw in energy. A material sector was down. We did see gold down the first loss in three sessions through the overnight. Lowest finish in a week. Um, so, you know, there's reasons that you can explain away uh, some of those sector moves, including tech. So tech was the laggard today, down by 2%. And that's a reflection of what we saw on Wall Street overnight. I'm not saying we never go our own way, but, um, you know, it's just the way it was today. It was. And uh, I think Tesla is like the poster child when it comes to the exuberance and maybe you could probably argue excess it's in a lot of those tech names at the moment so uh tesla had a bit of a tumble last night and so not surprising you go and see uh the tech sector follow suit uh we did see a bit also of a zoom yeah we, we saw you know, a couple of you no know, broker downgrades we also saw longer dated yields going tick up a little bit which placed a bit of you know evaluation pressure on those areas but they've just run so hard i think it's something like the nasdaq uh, 100 i think it rallied for 10 consecutive sessions like that's just Look, and adding to the tech story as well, let's not forget the Facebook antitrust. So, you know, we've been having this in the back of our minds for quite some time. Lots of commentators saying it's inevitable that there will be some sort of further regulation against the big tech giants in the U.S. Whether or not that comes from this push or not uh, remains to be seen. But it is, you know, something that investors should be cognizant of. Um, speaking of, I guess, exuberance and 2020 and all the rest of it, Tesla, but DoorDash. I think that's incredible that you had an IPO. I mean, shares were up about 81% as they made their market debut last night. It's a food delivery service. You know, obviously, it's a massive market in the US. Obviously, things have changed through COVID, but would you be investing in DoorDash? No. Okay. Uh, would you be investing in Airbnb? That's an interesting one because we've had, um, you know, indicative pricing of that IPO, um, about $68 a share is what we're being told from sources. This is on Dow Jones. Um, 
Do you think there's more meat on the bones when it comes to Airbnb? I much prefer Airbnb as a prospect. But uh, the one issue with a lot of these tech stocks is the valuations, and particularly in IPOing, are just based off like you no know, multiples, not even of, uh, of earnings or revenue, but to you know sales. It's just you know, all these different metrics that are being rolled out to go and justify valuations. Now, you can obviously, Airbnb is a fantastic name. Like everyone around the world you know, uh, who's got a smartphone probably has you know, a fair chance of got Airbnb on it as well and have used the service. Uh, but it's always you know, looking to you know, the valuation side of things. And uh, to me, like uh, there may be better opportunities out there. Whilst you might go and get a nice little pop on the first day like we saw with DoorDash, uh, I just wonder about longer term. Like I know that there's a lot of people out there seeking growth, but uh, there's going to be a lot of growth and in traditional areas, uh, believe it or not, in the next uh, few years when the global economy starts to recover. Uh, you mentioned bond yields in the U.S. overnight. We should talk about the Negative Rates Club that uh, we just joined here in Australia, the uh, Australian Office of Financial Management. So so I asked this of John Lycos from Bond Advisor a little bit earlier on today. I mean, this wasn't like a, a one event. It was probably one buyer, but it wasn't that there was sort of a trigger for this. It's more that this has been building in the system for quite some time. Yeah, in a bank rants, uh, no, been, no, no. Almost flatlining that we've seen a couple of times, like uh, no, bids have gone through, I uh, know, zero into negative territory. Uh, this is the first time we've seen a sovereign uh, issuance or a note that was uh, we should do uh, a maturity in March next year. But to obviously, you know, one buyer really need to go and have it. Now, whether it's from a hedging purpose or for whatever reason, uh, they really wanted it. But uh, it just was that one little moment, I uh, you know, for the first time, Australia joins the negative yield club, albeit on a very short dated uh, no security. But uh, I thought it's a pretty momentous occasion. It's another piece of history that was created today here in Australia. But what are the implications? Well, it tells you there's lots of people willing to go and spend and pay excessive amounts to go and hold uh, something of a liquid, high-quality asset paper from, uh, from the Australian government. So it tells me that uh, not only you know, the short uh, end of the curve, but then you go further out and look at what demand's been like this year for Aussie debt, you know, 10 years, you know, uh, 20 years, even our 30-year issue that we went and did. There was so much demand. And look where the borrowing rates are. I know there was, I was getting irked a little bit earlier in the week where there's a lot of... Uh, political commentators who are trying to go meddle in things that they don't really understand and they were talking about the debt and deficit disaster because New South Wales and Victoria had yeah, been downgraded. Credit rating. And, um, uh, and I just thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity to say, well, hey, look, people love Australian uh, government debt so much that they're willing to go and pay the Australian government to go and uh, buy their product. Yeah, but I'm just going to push the point a little bit, um, probably on behalf as well as people listening, hopefully, is that does this mean then, I mean, the implications as in we've gone negative once, so now it's going to happen again further into negative territory. I mean, does it necessarily become a trigger for more or similar events? And at what scale, if so? And what then does that mean in the longer term? It may be a one and done. Uh, I don't think it'll be a readily you know, seen event uh, in the short end of the curve. That's where it's most likely to take place. But uh, look around the world and look what uh, interest rates are doing everywhere. Uh, in Europe, uh, most of the sovereign debt that trades has got a negative yield attached. In Japan, most of the, uh, the debt there has got a negative yield attached. So we're battling a global force here. Uh, as I say that it won't uh, become more commonplace in Australia, it's probably a bit rich. Of course, a lot of people are getting excited about the other uh, prospects here. That should go and steepen our curve and make it more difficult to go and do. But uh, it's something that we're going to get used to for a long period of time. Uh, interest rates are going to be remaining very low, even with the amount of debt that's been issued by the government. Of course, one factor at play here we can't uh, you know, ignore is the central bank's role, including the RBA, who is uh, you know, conducting yield curve control. 
keeping the uh, no the sovereign curve no anchored at ten basis points to three years. Mm-hmm. That's a big reason why we're seeing it. Yeah. The biggest takeaway from uh, for households and businesses and anyone out there listening is that you know borrowing rates for the foreseeable future are going to remain incredibly low. They will remain incredibly low. We had Jonathan Payne from the Payne Report as one of uh, as our guest host between eleven and twelve, and he was sort of chatting about. I mean, what central bank in the world would want to be the one who raised rates first? But yesterday in Australia, after we saw that great consumer confidence read, and after we've had a run of you know pretty decent data, including the NAB Business Survey this week, um, you know the conversation is how can the RBA remain committed to keeping interest rates at record low levels and keep their stimulus uh, in in play, you know for for three years uh, when you know, what's happening on the ground is not necessarily reflective of that. Or again, do you agree with Jonathan Payne who says they just won't want to be first to go? Nobody's going to want to be first to go. Yeah, I did uh, I did challenge Jonathan. but I said uh, the RBA was the first developed central bank to go during the GSC. Um, he did say that it was actually the ECB did as well. Yeah, belatedly yeah. And, uh, and incorrectly it turned out to be as well, just like the RBA's uh, no preemptive tightening as well. But uh, it's interesting to see uh, what's going to happen now. If there's even inkling that the RBA is going to start tightening, you'll see the Aussie dollar going Currency, rocket. Yeah. And uh, we know that uh, no, it's a major mechanism for the transmission of monetary policy is through the currency. And uh, there's a whole bunch of researchers that's come out from the RBA themselves and their model. Uh, no, I can't remember what the, what the model's name is, but uh, it has a really big impact. So every five cents, I know you, appreciation you see in trade-weighted terms. Uh, 5% increase, it really has a big negative impact on growth. So uh, that would going automatically start to tighten financial conditions, make it more difficult for our export-led uh, no, our sectors. So it all has a meaning. So it's not to say that uh, things are looking good right now, but I don't think the RBA would really want to be signaling that uh, soon, so soon after the peace, that uh, it's now in the process of you know, starting to unwind these measures. That would be mm-hmm. catastrophic and send the Aussie dollar to... Very, very high. Yeah, and we've already got forecasts, which we heard from Phil Baker from um, from Deutsche Jimmy Bank. Baker. Yeah, uh, that you know he's calling eighty cents for the Australian dollar mid next year. We had his Baker's dozen. We didn't get through all the Baker's dozens charts, but we did a good go. Um, that interview is probably up on the website. I haven't checked myself, but most of them do get there. Uh, it's a great resource if you want to go back and search. Uh, speaking of, let's get across some of these interviews that might be worth taking a listen to. Paladin, uranium is a hot topic of conversation. We spoke with Paladin MD Ian Purdy today. We also spoke with Jason McIntosh from Motion Trader. John O'Payne was in on that conversation. Jonathan Payne uh, as well. And that was a good one. Plus, he gave us three stock picks, which I know everybody loves out there. Uh, let's get to the stock of the day because that also weighed on the tech center here at home, Appen, APX is the ticker code. Earnings guidance for the full year. Had a tough day on the market, finishing, um, if it wasn't the worst performer, let me just check if it did end up. Yeah, it ended up being the worst performer on the 200, down more than 12%. Here's what our expert guests, Julia Lee from Berman Invest and, and Conrad Song from Macro Capital had to say about Appen. 85% of their revenues um, coming from the US. Um, and so naturally, just with the, uh, the impacts of COVID uh, in, in, in the US, specifically in, in California, we're seeing restrictions um, be further imposed there as well. Um, that's naturally impacting their, their, their figures. One of the things that um, I think also investors should be looking out for is that 
Um, the US is going to be whacking out some stimulus soon. That's going to be um, uh, weakening uh, the US dollar relative to the Aussie dollar. Um, as we continue to increase our exports and commodities as well, um, that's not going to do any favors for that sort of FX uh, risk for them. But as a whole, um, we like the stock. It's a long-term play, I think. Um, we'd actually be looking to accumulate on this type of weakness. So um, yeah, for us, it's, a, it's an accumulator. But the key question I ask myself when I see news like this is, is it a once-off or is it forever? If I look at Appen as a business, it's the best in field. It has clients like Google, Facebook, you're looking at Amazon. And it's two key areas here. They have the relevance area, which is all about search functionality, which is incredible to be servicing giants like uh, Google and Facebook and the other area is speech and image and look this area is projected to grow at about 36% over the next five years compounded annual growth so you know those type of numbers these type of valuations hard to see I'd be happy picking it up below 30 bucks. So Appen buying opportunity by the dip by the dip going back in the Ausbiz portfolio so Appen is back in the Ausbiz portfolio breaking news. Tonight, the breaking news will largely, I think, come from the ECB meeting, um, Brexit. We get the U.S. jobless claims. Uh, yeah, it, it's the ECB, isn't it? Giving some insight into how they will extend their QE and for how long. Um, take it away, Scuddy. Just a just a simple thought. Simple thought. Uh, I'd like to see the ECB go down the path of open-ended uh, no asset purchases and uh, go to the... Uh, Communicate to the market that uh, it'll remain that way until it achieves its objectives, uh, whether it chooses to be you know, the inflation target as the past or, as we've seen with a number of other central banks, uh, employment outcomes. Whatever it takes. Catchphrase. Okay, Stephen Sheeler, he is the former CEO of Facebook in Australia and New Zealand. He is now CEO of the digital. He's very across all of this antitrust potential when it comes to the tech giants in the US. I'm looking forward to that chat at 8.45. We'll get some stock picks from Chris Conway, from Marcus Today at 9.30. And we will be talking what investors need to know about modern slavery as well. And I mentioned that because we've got a consultant um, to Alfinity. They've got a share, sustainable share um, fund. And uh, she'll be coming in. Australia is um, yeah, really sort of leading the charge on this front right now. Uh, and corporates in Australia have had to report what they're doing in terms of modern slavery, and that's been released online, so it's publicly available. Um, and she's given a good read to see where we're sitting and what trends investors should be looking out for. Gemma Dale will talk to us about what's trading on the NAB platform, and we will... Gosh, it's the last, last call of 2020 at 4 p.m., and I believe the bar is going to be fully stocked. I think it will. I think our livers are probably in for a bit of a break. Over uh, What am I saying? Over Christmas? Absolutely not. Uh, Absolutely this, this, this not. Is, this is the warm-up. So uh, <laughs> I'm pretty excited about our special guest as well. Of course, we've got the, uh, the onset of the, uh, no, the, the test series against India coming up. And we've got some cricket royalty uh, coming out on the program. Michael Bevan uh, will be joining right. us on the program to not only discuss the other uh, test series and uh, who he would have opening the other uh, batting for Australia, but uh, he's also got a couple of ventures underway as well. And he also doesn't mind a punt in the futures market. So uh, interesting, to chewing the fat with him. Oh, cool. So we'll do markets the week ahead, all that kind of stuff. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Why don't we just say um, adios for today? Adios, muchacho.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.